Hey guys, I'm Sayla Gatitis. I'm Kelly Gatitis. And I'm Sion Rotham. And we want to welcome you to Behind the Veil podcast. So we have a guest speaker with us today, my dear friend Tiana. Hello. Hi. So Tiana, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, hi, my name's Tiana. I got saved two years ago. Met Sayla, I think two years ago, was it? Yeah. Two, three years ago at church and we've just grown in friendship and love for one another Mm -hmm. well I'm so excited to have you on here me too I'm excited to be here it's gonna be great so um before we start uh do you want to pray us um in just so uh, we can pray beforehand yeah of course thank you god for giving us this opportunity to speak on you and speak on your behalf i pray that lord you take leadership of our tongues of our mouths that we speak in love and in spirit and in in gratitude and gratefulness for your glory lord i pray that through this podcast that we're able to just just take away any any idols any anyone that we have we have on the front of our heart and rethrone you on the front of our heart in jesus name amen amen so today, it's going to kind of be a little mix of everything, but it's going to tie in all together. I'm super excited about it. Um, God has been pressing this message on my heart since April, so for months. And when he first started pressing it on my heart, I had no idea where he was taking it or anything like that. And um, he just started giving me dreams and visions and words and leading me to Bible verses and all that. And it's just kind of all tied together. He's um, really worked in my life through this message. And I really hope that he works in other people who hear this. So um, we're going to be talking about quenching the spirit um, connected with idols and the concepts of hills and mountains and trees in the Bible. Um, So it's going to get super good because I love symbolism. I'm a very symbolic woman. But so 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.19 says, um, do not quench the spirit. So when I was looking at that verse, I was like, what does quench mean? Like, that's such a strange word. Because like, I I don't hear that word very much, you know. Um, So I was looking at different translations and other translations for quench are restrain, uh, put out the fire of, stop the work, um, turn away God's spirit hold back, suppress, subdue, uh, be unresponsive to the working and guidance of, um, stifle and choose to extinguish. And all of these are very interesting, different translations of it. And um, I was looking into the background and the context of this passage. And so basically what was going on is that um, the Thessalonians were in a culture that was just permeated by institutions and practices that honored the Greek and Roman gods. And so when Paul came and shared the gospel with them, they turned away from those idols to serve God, to serve Jesus. And so he challenged them to stay committed to Jesus, to follow Jesus, to keep growing in Jesus, um, to keep growing in holiness, sexual purity, um, to always be loving and serving others, and to keep standing firm as they await the arrival of Jesus. Um, So what do you guys think about just the the culture and the context that's going on in that passage and um, just the verse itself. Yeah, I think it's amazing to say that 
um, in the in like chapter one to three, Paul was basically congratulating them. But then he goes on to say, like, keep going further. It's not enough just to praise God. You have to keep going further and further in love for him and go deep into his word and not just, not just, I don't know, not just praise him, but also obey him mm-hmm. and show your obedience to him through loving others. And just, I don't know. It's just so amazing to see how, how the how the how the whole chapter how the whole book just grows and it's not just okay to yeah I mean I'm really agreeing myself but it's the same way when I was looking at the word quenching I didn't know what it meant so I had to research it and what the um what first Thessalonians 519 really meant and the top five things I found was like we really quench the spirit when we sin when we know that we're singing which is like presumptuous sin premeditates and when we know that we're singing but we still do it or ignorance sin where we don't know the word enough to know that we are sinning but we do and it's still a sin and it's still bad or we doubt god's promises or through disobedience through disobeying to diso how do you say it? disobiding is that word disobeying disobeying that's the <laughs> one <laughs> disobeying the holy spirit when he says hey speak to that person speak life into him or her and we just say no i'm too scared or that's like that's how we quench the spirit or when we choose not to walk in love and we walk in hate, if we just have unforgiveness on our heart, it's just so much ways that we can quench the spirit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, what I got from that verse was um, he was talking to the church and talking about um, in their public worship. So I know I've been in services where you really feel the spirit of God. Um, you really like you, you can just like tangibly feel the presence of God. And then you're in other services that you, you don't. It's just almost like you're just in some meeting or something. And so to me, I feel like he's also saying with everything y'all said that we can also quench the spirit in our services, um, in our gatherings, um, when we come together and then he kind of goes into some different things about that, like despising prophecies and, you know, and things like that. So um, I, I do think that, and I've wondered, you know, like, well, how come I feel the presence of God here and not here, you know? And so I think that that's something interesting that we can, uh, as Salem said, you know, put the fire out, you know, um, the spirit of God, like we can have a good service and we can get a good word and even have a great, um, you know, band and things like that. But the presence of God is quenched and he isn't there. And I think that he can be quenched when we make it about us, you know, when we um, do anything really um, without relying on the Holy Spirit in our life or ministry or in even church uh, where we're doing it on our own, we're doing it in our own strength. We're trying to conjure up, you know, these these services or, or things like that so I think it can definitely apply to our personal life like you guys were saying with uh, the things with sin and things like that but I also think it can be when we're gathered together um, I think it can, the spirit of God can also be quenched in that way as well mm. that's really good I like that you said that the spirit can be quenched in our gatherings because mm-hmm. that reminds me of Acts 2 when they gathered together yeah. and you know, the spirit came upon them in the form of fire. And so that's really interesting because it connects to first Thessalonians and it shows that the Holy spirit is represented as fire. And because he enlightens, he quickens the soul, he purges, he purifies, he refines, but we can also suppress his spirit and subdue it 
or be unresponsive to it and neglect him. Mm -hmm. And it's important that we always attend to all the callings that he has on us. If he tells us to do one thing um, and we do the opposite, then that's quenching the spirit, like you said. Mm -hmm. And I also thought it was interesting too, because I was looking into this and I noticed how the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Mm -hmm. He can be expelled, which means like to force someone to leave. Um, He can be neglected Mm -hmm. and he can be quenched. And, you know, the spirit of God isn't, you know, an it, it's a, it's a him. He is real and alive and active and he loves us. He wants to spend time with us. But like, if I, you know, went up to Tiana and said, Hey, do you want to come to Starbucks with me and uh, hang out and talk? And she goes, Oh no, no, I'm good. And, um, that keeps going on and off and on and off. Then our relationship isn't going to grow. It's going to be stagnant and it's going to be stopped. And though you, even though his working in us can be stagnant he can never be extinguished he is forever and eternal and we do need to remember that that he is he wants a relationship with us and he loves us and he is so amazing and he's like this passionate fire that he puts inside of us Mm -hmm. i just think it's so cool to think of it that way so good and when miss cuddy said how it's in serve like we can quench the soup we can quench the spirit through services. It's so true because you can see it in worship when you know that, um, like God told me a long time ago that I need to search after his heart and not his hand. And mm-hmm. something specific that he said was, I need to stop listening to me, me, me music. Whereas like, I'm seeing all the gifts mm-hmm. that God can give me and not seeing like how good God is as, as father as God. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm good at this. Take the box. I don't listen to no me, me, me music. But when you really <laughs> sit back and you listen to the words of some songs, it's more like, give me more. I want more of your gifts, more of what you can bring me instead of, Lord, I want more of you, you as a father, more mm-hmm. of your heart. And I think, yeah, we have to listen to the music that we listen to and, yeah, the worship that we listen to. Because sometimes it is just just ask us asking for more of his hand and not more of his heart that's good yeah yeah I like um I like that that's just so true but um it is about I mean when we, we quench the spirit of God when our life becomes about us yeah you know and and as Christians you know we may have conquered all these different sins and and we're like okay we're good but we can easily make it about us, you know, all the works that we do or being seen at church or even in the world or, um, you know, like you said, music. Um, I know when I was growing up, it was all about Jesus, like, and what he did on the cross. Yeah. And, and and not that some of these other songs are, are necessarily bad, but we need to have some balance, you know, because, you know, it is true. God is a God of blessing. He's a good father, but those are just benefits of worshiping worshiping him and knowing him and loving him those things will automatically happen but we don't want us ourselves to just focus on those things god bless me bless me you know like you said me 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 music (laughs) and making it all about us you know because i definitely feel like that's a way we can quench the spirit or put water on the flames uh, of the fire of god inside of our lives yeah i really think that that's that's really true like especially when you said 
we can quench the spirit when it becomes about us. Like, I know, like, there's been moments where I'm in worship and I just start, like, getting distracted mm-hmm. and, like, thinking about other things, like, how people are going to see me or, like, how I feel in worship. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm not getting a revelation from God right now. Oh, no. And, like, it just kind of becomes about me instead of mm-hmm. praising him mm-hmm. and giving all glory to him. And it it gets very dangerous. And I've realized that especially over the past few months like God's really been like like you said Tiana like telling me like not to listen to me 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 music or um (laughs) just thinking about you know myself but thinking about him and giving myself to him fully and seeking him out instead of my own desires Mm -hmm. and there is like a very very dangerous thin line and you have to be careful that you don't cross it. And when you do find yourself that you are starting to kind of drift into that mentality, just to catch yourself and say, God, no, I give this to you mm-hmm. and give it all back to him. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what it's all about. Giving him all the glory, all the praise and just continuing to feed that fire that he's put in us. Mm-hmm. So um, I was thinking about, Um, ways that we can quench the spirit and you know the spirit's quenched when we say anything when any act is done that is contrary to him and I think that the love of the world can definitely quench the spirit and when we seek the things and the pleasures of this world um, that's just as like that can just as effectively grieve and quench the spirit as you know sending Mm -hmm. and um i heard like a good quote um i don't remember where it was from but um they said the spirit is quenched by heaping earth on top of it as by throwing water on it and i thought that was really cool because earth you know earth is of the world so when we just heap the world's uh, the world and the pleasures that it has to offer on top of our relationship with God, it gets really crowded. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like um, Jesus said in the gospels, he said, you can't love money or and me at the same time, you have to choose one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there really isn't any maybe or 50, 50, it's either yes or no. And um, he gives us this fire that's in us and a fire for, of love for God and for people. And, that can be quenched and damped when we don't give it free air and play by seeking him and worshiping him and um, giving him everything and seeking him above the chaos and the delights and pleasures of the world. Um, And when we quench the spirit, it leaves our heart in a state of hardness and darkness and we become cold towards God's spirit. Mm -hmm. We neglect him. And I think it's just, you got to be really careful and catch yourself when you see yourself falling into that mentality. So what are some ways that you guys um, think that we can quench the spirit? I have one. Okay, First Timothy 4.14 says, do not neglect the gift you have. And I think a lot of us do. We think less of ourselves in a sense where I feel like I'm not able or capable or gifted enough to do stuff. So I think, yeah, I think we quench the spirit when we, we kind of look at our actions and look at our, looking at God and seeing how mighty he is and seeing the Holy Spirit and what we can do through the Holy Spirit and not through our own skills, whatever. 
So I think, yeah, we can quench the spirit through doubting ourselves and the gifts that God has given us. I like that. Actually, there's another verse that says that we should, well, two verses. One says we should stir up uh, the flame inside of us. And then also the Bible says to encourage one another as well. I think those are ways we can fan that flame, you know, when we're feeling like that, when we're feeling like, oh, God, you know, can he use me? You know, am I good enough? Things like that. Like, I think it is important to encourage one another. And then also, um, you know, stir up that flame in it. And again, I love that analogy of a flame of fire and just all those analogies. Um, I think, you know, the flame, any flame, like if you just think of real fire, it can be extinguished if it's um, ignored, you know, or no longer tended to. Uh, like Sayla was saying, if you have a friend and you're constantly blowing them off and like, then that relationship's not going to grow, you know? And so we can do that with God where we just kind of, he, that still small voice speaks to us, hey, come spend time with me, you know, and we just kind of find something else to do. We ignore it. We're, we're quenching the spirit, you know, we're uh, kind of ignoring it. We're kind of pushing it aside and causing that flame to just dim out just a little bit. And that's why I think sometimes we can get to these points where we're just kind of numb and we're just like, we're not passionate on fire for God anymore. And we're like, how did I get to this place? You know? And I think it's from those small, little, tiny, ignoring, you know, that, that still small voice that's saying, come, come, come away with me, come spend time with me, talk to me, you know, pray, you know, just spend time in the word. Like those little things that we aren't tending to anymore. Um, It's kind of like, I think it's in, I forget what, what Bible verse, but it says, you know, it's a little, yeah, the, the little things that spoil the vine, you know, it's those little, little things that quench it. And so I definitely think our, um, our environment plays a big role as well in quenching of the spirit, you know, um, like Sayla was saying, if there's dirt, you know, or, or things that are going to cause fire to go out, our environment, the things we're listening to, the things we're watching, not in a religious way, but just those the people we're around people we're hanging out with if we're around people that aren't you know on fire for the lord that's going to rub off on us you know we're going to find ourselves doing those things like a lot of teenagers um you know around this time getting boyfriends and girlfriends and and you know there's a time and place for that but i'm saying that you know that person's like hey, let's skip church let's go let's go off here let's do this let's you know and so that fire for the lord is not burning as bright because we put that fire somewhere else, you know? And so um, our environment plays a big role in the fire, you know, so it's good to surround yourself with people on fire for the Lord and that will encourage you uh, to keep that fire, you know, burning. Uh, Just like if you, just like you can quench it, I also think you can also help it, help it burn brighter and harder, you know? That's really good. I think so. I think that can go into the next point. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk about Genesis because that's where everything really started. Um, so the Garden of Eden was this sacred place where heaven and earth were one and God dwelled with humanity in the Garden of Eden. It's like uh, where heaven and earth overlapped. And so God makes this eternal life, um, his eternal life available to humans by means of a tree. 
And that tree is at the center of the garden. It's a sacred place. It's the Holy of Holies. And that divine gift of eternal life comes through the tree. And um, so when you are near the tree or eat from it, then you're near God. And it's like ingesting his own life. And um, just sadly enough, humanity decided to get wisdom and life by themselves by turning to the tree of the tree of knowledge of good and evil which is something that god specifically told them not to turn to but to you know stay away from it but they didn't listen and they became deceived and they were exiled from the garden because of their foolish quest for wisdom and so then they find themselves outside the garden in mortality and grief and they're longing to return but they don't know how and they, in a sense, quenched the spirit by neglecting God, by not listening to his voice, by grieving the spirit. And um, it, you know, there were consequences to that. And so, you know, fast forward and to the Old Testament, um, they re- basically kind of recovered the Garden of Eden in Israel's temples and tabernacles. It's a renewed Eden. And like the Garden of Eden, the tree was at the center of the garden. It was the Holy of Holies. Um, in the middle of the temple and the tabernacles, there was, um, that was the Holy of Holies. That's where God's presence was. And it's where humanity could meet with God again in a heaven and earth space. And so the rooms in the temple were designed with tree-like lampstands and trees all around the room basically taking them back to the garden, that place of intimacy with God. But the family of Abraham replays the Eden story. They try to recreate their own version of the tree of life. Um, And we see that in the high places in the Old Testament, Um, trees, idols, false trees of life, where Israel goes to worship other gods at the foot of sacred trees. And so later God allows these sacred spaces to be destroyed and lets the Israelites be exiled um, from their home. But it's really sad to see how, you know, just it's like a pattern. Humanity has always turned to other things instead of God. And that's what got them in trouble in the first place. Um, That we tried to recreate our own version of the tree of life and go to these high places um, that are not near God and it's, you know, opposing him. It's contrary to him. Um, But I just think it's kind of sad, also interesting how, you know, history repeats itself. Um, And we see that a lot um, if we just look around us or in the Bible. Um, But what is y'all's take on that of high places and the Genesis story? What do you guys think? Yeah, initially when I was reading about idols and idol worship and stuff, it was in first Kings, second kings you know first chronicles second chronicles and those books those books kind of talk about the kings after david and even i think yeah the kings after david and the rulers after david and a lot of them is to just repeat with how they they turn to things that wasn't god they turn to idols they turn to statues they turn to altars that wasn't good god because it looked pretty and that was something that was very interesting to me and I was asking God, like, why do they keep turning away from you? Like, that's so dumb, those idiots, you know? And then <laughs> I was like, hold on a minute, I do the same thing. I turn to social media because it mm-hmm. looks pretty. I think it's going to fulfill me. 
I think it's entertaining. I just waste time with stuff that I know that's mm-hmm. not going to fulfill me, even though I know that God is there and he is, he's the, yeah, the tree of life. He's the person that I drink my, drink my water from. He's the person that can fulfill me and can fulfill my pleasures and my desires in life. But these people, especially, um, I was looking at Ahaz. Ahaz, am I saying that right? But he was, yeah, he King was Ahaz? one of the kings. And yeah. he turned to the Assyrians for help because he was just in the trouble and immediately I was like why would you turn to your neighbor when you have God but anyways I do the same thing so I don't know why I'm judging these people but he, <laughs> he turned to the Assyrians and the, Assyri- and the Assyrians helped him and he was able to get out of the mess and then he went to the I guess their city or wherever they were at and he saw their altars in a lot and he was like oh my goodness these are pretty so he asked his people to basically mimic those altars and replace God's one for theirs because it looked pretty and I was kind of asking myself the question like what have I just just mimicked because I thought it looked pretty and replaced it with God where have I like took down um God from the throne of my heart and kind of replaced it with another throne because it looked pretty and I think that's yeah it's the devil's trap we're attracted to beauty we're attracted to beautiful things and we have to like catch that before it gets until we spiral into a deeper trap if that makes sense yeah it's good yeah I think it's uh you know even worse today but you know we just want kind of a quick fix we want something to make us feel good right now um you know for feeling down or whatever and you know those things social media people uh food whatever you know is a quick fix and it it does make you feel better let's not let's not lie here (laughs) you know those things do give you a quick um you know, feel good factor, but then you're, then it goes back down and then you're feeling down again, you you return. And it's just like them. It's the same story over and over. Like Salem said, it's just, it's repeated. And that's why we need Jesus, you know, because he's going to, he's the one who will save us, you know, from our sinfulness um, and save us from, from all those things. So yeah, I, I've, I've questioned, you know, the Israelites and all these, the Old Testament, I'm just like, what's wrong with you people? But then I have, <laughs> then I'm like, oh, wait, that's me too. I, I'm, I return to things I shouldn't, or I've done, you know, gone to things instead of God or tried to fill this place. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's our sinful nature. It just proves and shows that we are sinful and there's no way around that. You know, there's no way to say I'm, I'm good. And, and you know that's why I should go to him because I'm a good person. No, we're not good people. We're we're bad. <laughs> we're really bad. Um, but even in the verse that is talking about the first Thessalonians that we're originally talking about, it even says like hold fast to what is good. So, you know, to test all things, hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And then said, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. So it's not just our spirit. Yeah, our spirit gets saved, but then we have our soul and our soul is the part that wants to connect with the world. And our soul is the part that, you know, wants to get that pleasure and stuff. So our whole body, soul, and spirit is to be blameless when Christ comes. So yes, our spirit is saved, but now we have, uh, you know, I forget the, the name of the word, but it's, um, it's where it's not like we're, we're just, we're done. You know, I'm saved. I'm done. Like there's work to be done. We have to save our body. We have to save our soul um and allow christ to save those parts of us as we allow him to do so 
you know, and we give God different areas of our life. So, you know, okay, we, we recognize, okay, I spend too much time on social media or whatever. Then we invite God into that area of our life, into that, that soulish part of our life, into that part, you know, uh, the, that we're using our body to do. And we invite him into that and allow him to, to, uh, to save that part of us, you know, to help us in that, in that area of our life until, you know, until we go to heaven, you know, it's the constant allowing God, you know, if we need God, we need him every moment, every second. And even when we think we got it down, there's going to be something we need God to help us with. So, um, so that's, uh, that's a good thing though, but you know, we, it just comes down to needing Jesus to, to help us with, with that part of our life of where we, we want other things. I thought, this verse or this passage from Isaiah um let's see Isaiah 57 um it says you have made your bed on a high and lofty hill there you went up to offer your sacrifices behind your doors and your doorposts you have put your pagan symbols up forsaking me you uncovered your bed you climbed into it and opened it wide you made a pact with those whose beds you love, and you looked with lust on their naked bodies. You went to Molech with olive oil and increased your perfumes. You sent your ambassadors far away. You descended to the very realm of the dead. You wearied yourself by such going about, but you would not say it is hopeless. You found renewal of your strength, and so you did not faint. Whom have you so dreaded and feared that you have not been true to me and have neither remembered me nor taken this to heart? Is it not because I have long been silent that you do not fear me? I will expose your righteousness and your works, and they will not benefit you. When you cry out for help, let your collection of idols save you. The wind will carry all of them off. A mere breath will blow them away. But whoever takes refuge in me will inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. And that's kind of like a sneak peek of the next point, um, mountains, um, which I'm excited to talk about. But... um, I just thought it was really interesting um, that he said that you made a pact with those whose beds you love. And I looked into it and a pact is basically like a formal agreement. It's a covenant in a sense. And so these people were going away from the covenant that they made with God and making a forming a new covenant with um, and attachments with the things of this world. And they were um, just basically what he said descending to the very realm of the dead they were falling asleep in their relationship with god and they refused to wake up and um they refused to make that choice um and when he said you went to molech with olive oil and increased your perfumes that reminded me of mary when she lavished the perfume on jesus's feet and washed it with her hair um that was basically she was showing reverence to jesus and we are also in a sense um showing reverence to the things of this world as idols. And um, I love the way that they put it um, just in the major prophets of the Bible. Um, In summary, he basically said, you are acting like prostitutes going through adultery and it's not cool. (laughs) Like, like if you actually think about like, that's really scary to think about that um, we can still like go through the motions of all this stuff. And, um, think that we're good but really just descending to the realm of the dead and that's why you always have to be evaluating your heart and looking at hey what am I seeking for what am I seeking um 
when I feel sad or angry or bitter or joyful or what am I looking for pleasure in? And uh, you just got to follow that trail of breadcrumbs and see where it leads. Um, but what do you guys think of that? Sorry, it's my turn. <laughs> I think that was very... Like, <laughs> I was just trying to process everything he was trying to, he was saying right now. But I think that's very fruitful and very true and very relevant, relevant to today and today's society. I was just thinking about, like, sometimes I put myself in the word where, like, imagine... I'm a character in the Bible and someone else is reading about my life and them seeing me on social media when God's calling out my name to talk to him. And they're just like, hey, God's calling your name, just talk to him, blah, blah, blah. Like how I do with the Bible characters. So I try and think like in that sense and see how foolish it is for me to turn to other things just because I want to and I have the free will to instead of turning to God. Yeah, I think um, sometimes we we forget, you know, the Holy Spirit Yes, he is going to empower us. He's going to give us the power to do everything Christ did, to walk as Christ did. But we also have to remember that he also corrects us. And so the Holy Spirit, his power um, has the power to make us godly. You know, so yes, he, his purpose is to give us, you know, gifts and to carry out his will and things like that. But it's also to purge out evil in our life and to transform us and make us more like Christ. And so when we see that we've set up high places and we've set up altars and we've set up, you know, little G gods, you know, it's important to listen to that still small voice, the Holy spirit, that's him correcting us and telling us to turn away, you know, and to, to stop that, you know, to stop doing those things because that's what the Holy spirit's job is. He's to help us. You know, he is to transform us because we can't do any of this on our own. We can't, get rid of an addiction or even stop doing the things we enjoy doing uh, in our own power. So we need to, um, to submit to God and allow him to correct us, to change us, to mold us and to make us more like him. But that's the thing is he has given us power to do that. So we can do all things through him who gives us the strength to do it. We can't get rid of these idols on our own in our lives. We can't, we, we need the Holy spirit. And that's why we shouldn't grieve him because we need him. We need him to help us to grow in our Christian walk and to be guided in truth. And so that we don't uh, be powerless and empty and uh, just like the world, you know? And um, yeah. Yeah. When I was reading that passage, though, I got so fired up. I was like, oh, it's so good. I got to share this on the podcast. <laughs> but, like, it really, like, made me, like, stop and think when he said, um, when you cry out for help, let your collection of idols save you. Like, that's crazy. Like, basically, like, the Israelites, they would worship these other gods. But then when trouble would overtake them, they'd be like, oh, God, wait, wait, we're sorry. Please uh, help us. Mm-hmm. And then it just finally came to the point where he was like, you know what? Like you see, you want these gods, but then you're seeking me when, you know, you need help for something. So why don't you just seek your collection of idols for help? Like, why do you need mm-hmm. me? And I, we do that too. Yeah, though, we like, totally When do we're that. in trouble and something, we're like, oh God, we start praying. Like we have, we've never been praying before, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like well. Yeah. And like when he said at the end, but whoever takes refuge in me will inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. Amen to that, sisters. (laughs) Like, like when you take refuge in God and like he is your shade, he's your shelter. Like you've made him 
like your home where you live, like you're dwelling with him and he's dwelling with you and you have your eyes fixed solely on him and nothing and no one else, then he will be faithful to just give us every need and everything we need. Like he is so good. Like no amount of likes or friends or acceptance from the world will ever fulfill us like that deep hole inside of us that we need God to fill in him alone. And when we seek God for, um, just to fill us and him only then he will be faithful to fill us up with his spirit but and like god is grieved by our adulterous hearts and our lustful eyes and we've turned away from the lord and he's still calling us to come back and we have a choice to do it and i mean we don't know what day or hour he's going to return so we better make the most of every moment you know um well what's interesting is the verse that that do not quench the spirit. He's actually talking prior to that about the coming of Christ. Mm. So, that, so we, you're right. We don't know when he's coming back. And that's why he's telling us like, be prepared for the return. Like he could come. Um, and so don't quench the spirit. You know, we need the power. We need the gifts of the spirit. We need to, you know, have discernment and test the spirits and all those things that the verse talks about, but that is what mm. he's saying. Uh, when he's talking about not quenching the spirit is that Jesus is coming back. He's talking about the coming of Christ and how we need to be. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we should start praying or we should have been praying dangerous prayers. I think there's, there's power in dangerous prayers to say that, Hey God, I know I'm doing something wrong. I know I'm not following you wholeheartedly, but I want to. So I'm praying this prayer to say that, Lord, have your way, have your will, do whatever you do to make me follow you according to your word. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote this down. It's like it says, "Do not do the things opposed to his influences. Be on your guard against sin. Idolatry is lust and greed, and God does not take sin lightly." Um, and I, I was reading, and I think in Jeremiah, I think it was Jeremiah or Isaiah, and he said. God was speaking to Israel. He said, you have lived as a prostitute with many lovers. Would you return to me now? And I was just thinking about that. And I just think that's so profound. Like he confronted them, but he also said, would you return to me? Like, will you take my hand and come back to me? But what do you guys think of just that, that simple sentence, that simple phrase that, is spoken you have lived as a prostitute with many lovers would you return to me now i think that i feel like that directly relates to our, like the third one where we're talking about mountains and exodus and how god is righteous and he's merciful like yes he's he's all powerful but he still gives us that that father like love where it's saying yes you did sin but i still love you anyway yeah um yeah it just shows the mercy of god how he full of mercy and grace he is that not that that's a reason or excuse to go and sin but that if we do sin that we have an advocate we have our savior because again we can make this about us and us our good works and i'm just not going to sin i'm going to be good that becomes about us that's not that's not the, the goal the goal isn't to not sin the goal is to know christ the goal is to know jesus and to have a relationship with him and by doing that the chains will fall off <laughs> by 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 having the Holy spirit 
in our lives and not grieving him, the sins will go away. Like, that's just how that works. You know, it's not something that, oh, I got to go get it together. But it shows with that verse, you're saying that, you know, we just, all we have to do is just turn to him, you know, all we have to do is just say, I need you and put down our pride. So I have a question for both of you. Um, what are some examples of idols, things that we go to in place of God? Um, I think um, a big yeah. one that the Bible talks a lot about is um, money, you know, and the pursuit of, of, um, of money and even maybe fame, um, you know, things like that. Like, I guess you could say that's just um, tur- turning to ourselves, really. Um, and, you know, like, it just it's easy to get like, what can I do? What can I accomplish? What are my, you know, and even making something as good as like the gifts that God, the talents he's given us making, turning those into things that we're going to in place of God, like trying to find our identity, you know, in position or in money. I think those are some really big ones um, because they're, they're not as, um, you know, you look at it and it's like, that doesn't look too bad, you know, is that really as bad as pornography, you know, it's like, you know, I'm just seeking position, I'm just seeking money, you know, Um, but food is a big one, too, I Mm. think um, it's easy to drown our sorrows in a pint of ice cream or a bag of chips, you know, instead of, you know, okay, it's okay to feel, you know, it's okay to be sad and upset if something doesn't go your way or, or something, happens or whatever like I think that's it's okay to feel and I think sometimes we want to numb our feelings and just well let me stop those feelings real fast by eating this or or going to this thing or or person or or whatever um but I think it's okay you know to feel but I think God also wants to be the one to heal those feelings or to heal that situation but we don't give them the opportunity because we're going to, to say food or like you said people uh, instead, we're so just good. trying to cover it up with a band-aid really fast. You know? Okay, preacher. <laughs> yeah, I totally, like, yeah, like, I really, like, like, really see that, like, especially, like, in our, in America, I've, like, mm-hmm. if you just look, all of, almost all of our commercials are about food mm-hmm. or, like, shopping or medicine medications like it's all about like just these material things and like there's nothing wrong like you said there's nothing wrong with food or um like medicine like there's nothing wrong with like any of those things like but when we start going to those things for satisfaction and Mm -hmm. fulfillment and acceptance then that's where it gets tricky that's where it gets wrong and like i know like for me personally like I had a really complication, a complicated relationship with food, um, especially the past like two or three years. Um, and, like God has just like recently set me free from it, like just over the past, I'd say like month or two. But like I had like this really bad relationship with food, like because when I was younger, like someone told me that like, like said something really like nasty about like my body image and stuff. And like it just like always got on to me about it and um it got into my mind and I just couldn't like see it anymore so I started having a complicated relationship with food I would either eat and eat and eat and eat um just because I would like I just felt so stressed or so bad 
or like it's like last year um I just wouldn't eat at all like I didn't eat and like I lost a lot of weight and but it wasn't healthy for me and I wasn't just unhealthy physically I was unhealthy emotionally and mentally and eventually like God I gave it to God and he delivered me from that and he um, he brought me through that valley and I can stand here right now and say that I'm completely 100% free from the pull and temptation of those things. And like God has had to tear down the idol of, um, food in my life of, um, I did make an idol out of clothing and shopping. I did. I'm going to be honest. I did. <laughs> um, uh, he's been tearing that down in my life. Um, just like the idol of friends, that's always been like a big one for me. Like I used to really uh, put my f- friendships on a pedestal and like, it was really hard for me to let go and just like let change come in. Um, like, so those are things that God's been working in my life, but like, it's a whole bunch of different things. Like, and it's different for each person too. Like, um, and you can take good things, mm-hmm. things that aren't like, like everything we've said, aren't bad things. Friends aren't bad. Yeah. Food isn't bad, you know, clothes, is, you know, those aren't bad things, but it's when we use them. And you can literally take a pencil and turn it into a god. Yeah. <laughs> Just like in the Old Testament, they they used a cow statue. So, yeah. you know. That's so true. It's, easy it's so to easy do. to make idols. Like, we love, like... Um, like the just like British things like we watch BBC and stuff like that and um I like have just started getting into like looking into like the history of Princess Diana and stuff like that and just like oh my gosh she's so beautiful oh she's so cool like I want to learn more about her and so like I realized like last yeah. night like I had to be careful that I didn't like obsess about it mm-hmm. in the sense where like it turned into an idol like I I've done that before like I have that tendency we all do um like I know like when I was younger I did that with stranger things and I like was like stranger things is the best and I was like so obsessed with it um but like it like you said like it's so easy to make idols and we have to be careful and like Jesus says be alert be sober be watchful um and don't like give into those things like you have to be careful and watch yourself when that does happen and that's where the holy spirit comes in because he's the one who's like eh, nudge nudge you've been watching hours of princess <laughs> it's time to turn that off last night and so, so then you have this choice to go nah god quench yeah or you can say okay god you're right you know and that's that whole for the gift of discernment because it's such a powerful thing and it's, I feel like everything just comes back to knowing mm. your word. Where with this, you have to know the Bible, you have to read the Bible. It's just, I know that some people connect more with God. Like you connect God with God through images or through dreams. And I get that. Some people feel God's presence with like worship. But I feel like we need all of that together, especially knowing the word and reading our word. There's so much power and so much juice and so much goodness in just reading the Bible. Okay, so we're going to go to the last point um, about priorities. Um, we're going to wrap it up a bit and just um, conclude with on a very positive note. Um, but I'm really sad we can't do um, our other point just due to time. Uh, but yes, okay. Okay. 
So priorities. Um, so I was praying the other day and I, um, I just praying up a podcast episode, quenching the spirit idols. And I heard God speak this to me. He said, I called Israel to return to me with all their heart, but because what they treasured and valued most wasn't me, they quenched my voice and my spirit as well as their own shame. Choose to say yes to the loving bridegroom, the adoptive father. I will prick your finger and show you the blood, my blood, so you can see whose you are and who you are. You have the choice to shut me out or let me in and keep me there. Yeah, I definitely feel like we've lost a lot of that fear of the Lord. Um, Just like you don't see it anymore. Like people just think they can do whatever they want whenever they want. And that we have free will, but like Paul said, because we can do anything, that doesn't mean it's beneficial for us. And Jesus, he knows, you know, what's good and bad for us. He wants the best for us and the best is him. And he should be the top priority of our lives. And when we start doing that, then everything else is going to come into alignment. But like you said, like, we need to adopt this fear of the Lord mentality into us where we would just feel grieved ourselves when we grieve the Holy Spirit, that we would just run to him because we don't want to hurt him or turn away from them from him we don't want to do anything less than jesus and we want to do um everything that he's called us to do that we would have a reverence and a fear of him and not like a bad fear but like a loving we would just a loving fear and that we would we would be afraid to do anything that would be opposed to him and that we would intentionally choose him every day um but there was uh, two passages that I thought were really interesting. Colossians 3 is talking about being raised with Christ, setting your hearts on things above, on the things of Jesus. And in um, Isaiah 52, um, I'll just like summarize it. Um, he was basically saying, awake, awake and clothe yourself with strength. Put on the garments of splendor, you holy city. And he was saying how... We were a captive and chains around our neck, but Jesus, God is coming and he is saying to wake up and to come onto the holy mountain with Jesus and to uh, seek his way, to seek the call higher, to um, touch no unclean thing and to uh, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and to lift up our voices and shout and to return to Zion, to return to Jesus and lift our eyes up to him and to burst into songs of joy and praise and just gather together and just praise him with everything and to make him the top priority. Cause that's what, you know, at the end of the day, if we actually think about it, it's all about worship. What do yeah. we worship? And um, yesterday's Bible story on you version, Psalm 95, six was saying, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And so what we treasure reveals what we worship. So what do we treasure? We're all worshipers. We're all worshiping something. It's like, we can't help but worship something like it's what we were made to do. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we, what is it that we are worshiping? That's our top priority that we are praising and, and, uh, giving our lives and our energy and our time to what is that thing that is in our lives that we've put above Christ. And, um, you know, we should seek God, ask him, Lord, what is it? What's in my life right now that you want to 
show me? What do you want to open my eyes to? Um, but, you know, I just thought it's so cool. Like that, that's a call for us today. Awake. Like, wake up. Live no longer in Egypt in slavery in a foreign land of uh, gods. But your God has delivered you from Egypt to come and live in the promised land with him. And we have to realize that the enemy's after our focus. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to distract us with all these things and we've lost fear of the Lord. And he, like the enemy, that's like his sole desire. Like that's his aim in life to get our eyes off of Christ and onto the things of this world and to on what we want about me, me, me. Um, but we have to identify those things in our lives and start chasing after God to not, um, to not let the enemy push us around, but to choose to stand up to him and say, no, in the name of Jesus, get down and bow to the name of Jesus. Cause like, um, in Daniel three, when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego chose not to bow down to the statue of the King, they, we're intentionally standing up to that idol and saying, no, we're not going to bow down because we're not going to go that far. But um, what do you think we can start doing in our lives um, to start seeking God more, Tiana? Like, what do you think? Have you heard of the saying, what would Jesus do? Yes. I think we should start (laughs) doing that. Like saying, Mm -hmm. even with our relationships, even with our relationships with, um, with our friends, with our family, I think one of the big things that we can we do to quench the spirit is we unforgive. And to think like, what would Jesus do? He forgave us on the cross. And I put myself mm-hmm. in that position, not to say that I'm like Jesus, but I try and put myself in the, the position of like these people in the Bible and say, what would I do in that sense? And I know that I wouldn't have forgiven the world after they just shunned me. But it's such a testimony to say that God has forgiven us. We must forgive people. And like putting ourselves in each of these things that I said at the beginning of this podcast, like like doubt and unbelief through disobedience, walk in love, unforgiveness, um, sin. Like think about what would Jesus do before we take these steps. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. And you, girl, you just reminded me of something. Oh my gosh. Okay. So do you remember in Matthew four when Jesus got tempted into the into the desert? Do you yeah. remember that? And like the spirit led him there, and um, the enemy came oh, and like started like, say, okay, correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my gosh, okay, God just like pieces together in my mind, and I'm like, <sighs> okay, so Matthew 4, the devil took Jesus up, uh, to uh, what was it like on a tall mountain? Um, he he took him up, let me see if I can find it. Um, he said, okay. All right, it says, again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said, all this I will give to you if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. (laughs) Mic drop. Jesus is good. So even though our weak human flesh, like we have this like like just like what Paul said it's a war between our flesh and our spirit but Jesus he came and he he said no to the idols for us and like him we can say no too because he did first and 
the enemy comes to us and he says, all this I will give to you if you'll bow down to worship me, if you'll bow down to this, if you'll bow down to that, if you'll do this and go along with the world standards, if you'll conform it. But just like Jesus said, because now we live under him, we can say, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And when we stand up to the devil, when we stand up to the temptation, when we stand up to the idols, just like um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, just like the prophets of old, just like Jesus did, then we will be just like fighting in the spirit. Like that's what we're supposed to do, like to put on the armor of God because this is a battle. And like that's just so amazing that like Jesus, like he's leading the way. He led the path for us. And now we get to follow in his footsteps. And it's just like, oh, I love <laughs> Jesus so much. But like, um, also uh, in Ephesians 4, um, it says, this is why it says, uh, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So it all ties back to Jesus in the end, you know? Like, he ascended on high. He went to the hill of Calvary, and he died upon a tree. And the tree of life, Jesus, died upon a tree. And he descended to earth to save us so that he could climb the hill for us and take the punishment that we deserve. And because he resurrected and is now in new life at the right hand of God, we get to as well. We get to make that choice to choose life, to choose the tree of life instead of these false trees. But in order to do that, we have to first undergo death, which means laying down our idols, laying down our desires and our wants. But yeah, it's so good. Oh, oh my goodness. Ooh. So, okay. Um, this, uh, I have two more questions and then we will, uh, wrap up. Um, so the first question, Tiana, um, what is something that you personally think that you can give up that will help you make room for more of God? Oh my goodness. I feel like I've been saying social media so much in this podcast, <laughs> but it's just like, I feel like social media has been an altar for me for so long where it's like such a dumb thing that I worship but mm. I still do it anyway. And it's like, why do I still come back to this thing that I don't even remember half the things I look at on social media. It's just, I think it's just like a mind play or something. I don't even know. But social media is the biggest one. Um, TV, procrastination. I think just there's just so much things that I could give up and just take up God's cup. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, girl, that's good. That's good, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about you, Mom? What do you think is something that you personally can give up that will help you make more room for God? Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> what can I give up to make more room for God? I mean, I think, you know, the Bible talks about fasting, how we should have a lifestyle of fasting. Um And so we should always be, quote unquote, giving things up. Those Mm -hmm. things don't make us closer to God just by giving something up. But um, it's, you know, creating that hole so we can fill it with with Christ um, in our lives. Um, 
And so, I mean, just like with normal uh, fasting, things like food, you know, because it, it does fill us in d- different ways, even in the, in the natural sense, but then also like Sayla was saying in boredom or emotions as, as well. Um, you know, and then of course, entertainment is a big one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. TV, <laughs> um, social media, um, you know, just sitting it because it's just very mindless. I think it's, it's, like it's about that. obedience. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not even like, oh, I have to give up this, this, and this. I mean, it's not even that. It's more of what is God telling you to do? You know, what is he prompting you to do in obedience? You know, so it's more of, and that's why I was kind of hard answering that because it, it kind of varies, you know, mm-hmm. if, yes, if I'm struggling with something, absolutely, I should definitely take some time to separate. But it, on the whole, it's whatever the Holy Spirit's saying, you know, whatever he's saying right now, like, hey, you've been spending too much time here. Or, hey, this takes up a lot of your time or this is a pleasure for you. Not, You know, again, these aren't bad things, but the Holy Spirit comes in power to those who obey him. Right. And so um, it's it's obedience. And so whatever God is prompting you and that's why it's important to stay connected with the spirit and not to quench him um, so that we can hear his voice more clearly. So when he does say, hey let's take a minute. We're willing to do that, you know? It's mm. good. Well, he sees our heart. Like mm-hmm. we, we don't see our heart, you know, we can, we only go based on what we're, we can see and feel, but he sees that it's set up. It, it, we've set our, our heart up an idol with something. And that's why, you know, um, it's important to listen to those promptings, but he's also given us free will. So yeah even after we come to Christ, he still respects our free will, you know? And so he, the Holy Spirit, um, he's not going to, you know, be like, you know, shame, stop, you know, he, he nudges us. And then we have to clean out those dark corners of our life and mind. Um, and, and he'll sweep it out, but we have to ask him to. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the last question. Um, a friend of mine uh, asked this the other day and I was like wow that is a really good question um but the question is this um once the spirit is quenched can the quenched fire be relit what is y'all's um intake on that? 110 percent but like mm-hmm. don't try and unquench the spirit when it's end times if you know what I mean like when it comes to the end times that's the end babes so I'm saying, like, relay in time. I don't know how to say it. I'm, I'm trying to speak with humility and just um, kindness. But don't. I tend to procrastinate until it's the end. And with the word, with Jesus, you can't procrastinate until it's end times. You have to be prepared. Yeah, make the exactly. most of every moment. Like, if you're feeling conviction to, like, return back to exactly. God, then do it now. Amen. Well, I think also quenching, quote unquote, isn't just a one-time yeah. deal. Like I've quenched it, I'm done. You know, it's it's a slow, small, ignore, ignore, you know, type of situation. So that, is there a point of no return? May, you know, I mean, we don't know, forget, you know, not just the end times, but we could, exactly. we could pass away at any moment. There's nothing promised to us. So just as we don't want to quench the fire, we also don't want to play with the fire. <laughs> and so we don't want to just be, that's not the way that God wants us to live is just trying to 
teeter on both sides of the fence. You know, he doesn't want us living, you know, part in, part in the world, part in God, you know, trying to see how much we can get away with. Like, that's not, that's not the way we're called to live, you know? And so, um, but God is merciful and full of grace. And if we have the opportunity, you know, we can always turn to him and allow him to reignite that fire inside of our hearts, you know, at at any given moment right now in this moment, you know, all we have to do is ask him, you know, because he's a good father. And the Bible says he gives good gifts to his children, how much more the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is, is what he's actually referring to in that verse that all we have to do is ask him for the Holy Spirit fire to burn yeah. and he'll give it to us. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you guys want to uh, add before we um, close out? Um, yeah. I'd also pressure you guys to just see those hidden idols Pray to God, like, what am I, what am I worshiping other than you? And lay it down at his feet. Yeah, I would say um, don't quench the spirit in the sense of denying the gifts of the spirit. And I don't think we went in that direction, really. But, um, you know, the Holy Spirit gives each one of us gifts. He gives us, the Bible says, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, which is the Holy Spirit. And his power is so that we can go lay hands on the sick and see them recover so that we can um, see demons being cast out. And if we're not seeing that, it's because the spirit of God has been quenched. Because if we're walking in the spirit, we're walking in the power of God, that's the fire, you know. And so um, we need to just make sure that we are walking in the power of God, the gifts of spirit, um, and everything, the power of God to do the work of Christ into the earth. Like that's why the Holy Spirit's there. It's not to make us feel good. It's not to make us feel like a super Christian. It's to go out into the world and carry that fire into the world to see people healed and mm-hmm. set free and saved. And so that's why we don't want to quench the spirit. And so I just encourage us all uh, to keep the fire burning, you know, keep the fire lit in our own personal devotion and time with the Lord and take that fire into the earth. Don't keep it. Um, I think there's like a song, I'm not going to hide the fire under a bushel. Amen. No, I'm going to let it shine. And so, um, and so that's the purpose. So don't forget the purpose of the Holy spirit and allowing uh, the Holy spirit to burn within us in fire as we go out into the earth, because time, you know, the end isn't here. That reminds me of Matthew 28 when Jesus gave the Great Commission. And he said, it says, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That really like ties in with everything because it says they, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. And by their doubt, they were initially kind of quenching the spirit in a sense. And he was saying, go take that fire I've given you, the Holy Spirit, and go take it out into the world and use it to uh, teach others to um, tell others to show others of who I am and I will be with you always but yeah, yeah. okay all right 
Lord, thank you for this time that we get to spend together. I ask that you would use this podcast in such a great way and that uh, beyond what we can see or hear or anything like that. Father, I pray that you would use us, Lord. Help us not to quench the spirit, the fire that you've put inside of us, but to feed it, to fuel it, and to to seek you daily, to make intentional choices, to spend time with you above certain things, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us, be a lamp unto our feet and help us to go higher and higher with you, Lord, up the mountain, Lord, with you, and that we would feast on you, Father, that we would taste and see how good you are. Lord, thank you for Tiana. She's such a blessing. I pray that you would bless her in everything she does. Um, thank you for Mama, and I pray that you would uh, bless her, strengthen her, God. Um, thank you for this podcast, and I pray that you would bless everyone who listens to it, hears of it, and that you would lead them and guide them in your word and in your spirit and in your truth, because you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, you're so good. In Jesus' name Amen. I pray. Amen. So that wraps up today's episode. Uh, We have more things to talk about next time. So thank you guys for listening. You can follow me on Instagram as Miss Sayla Shalom. You can follow my mom as Kelly the Trainer. And you can follow Tiana as uh, (laughs) T.Iana. I will put it in the description below. But if you are enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe. And we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.